The net zero crunch time has finally come. It's no longer plausible to simply uh, wave hands in the air and promise targets for decarbonising the power sector by, you know, 235 or in Labour's case, doing it in, say, five or six years from when and if they win an election. You know, this doesn't pass muster anymore because the targets are getting ever closer and the energy system certainly isn't. And what needs to be done is not just a bit more effort, build a few more wind farms, stick up a few more solar panels. That's not going to do it. What I think is now widely dawning is that if you really want to have net zero and you want to build net zero in the power sector around intermittent wind, intermittent solar, and the promise of nuclear power sometime in the future, but you don't want to have gas either to back it all up, then you really do need a radical system change. You know, if you look around, the transmission system isn't fit for the net zero purposes. It isn't designed for large-scale offshore wind, for example. It isn't designed for intermittency. And actually, it wasn't designed for a world where there are no large-scale coal power stations either. If you want to build another 40 gigawatts of offshore wind, then something has to connect it up. And the market has to be designed in a way that can cope with and use and get the best value out of offshore wind at that scale. If you turn to the distribution networks, well, what could we charitably say about their current state? You know, they're really not fit for the purposes of decentralised, active demand, decentralised renewables, decentralised energy to back up electric cars, heat pumps, own generation, and so on. Indeed, they're not even in pretty good state to deal with the current day job. Look at what Storm Arwen did in the north. You just hadn't trimmed the trees back properly. Capital maintenance looks to be highly questionable electricity distribution, and there are echoes of the current problems of the water industry out there for the distributors. And then there's the easy bits, or you might think easy bits, smart meters. You know, just over 50% of the households now have smart meters. That means nearly 50% don't. And this is 2023, and it was all supposed to be finished, done and dusted by 219 or 220, back when Ed Miliband was setting out this program the last time he was Secretary of State for effectively climate change. Indeed, of those 50% or so that are installed, 3 million don't work properly. And the idea that we're going to have the supply chains in place to deliver all this new technology when we don't even have enough engineers to fit the smart meters, well, you know, that's a big, big ask going forward. And almost none of the supply chains are British-based. The minerals come from elsewhere for the car batteries, for the wind turbines, 
The solar panels are largely made in China, often with compelled Uyghur labour. And then the refining of the metals that are required, well, that's all overseas. And then the manufacture of the batteries, the electric cars and so on, we're a minnow in that game. And of course, we're competing for new investment with Germany, the EU, and of course, Biden's big programme in the United States. So if we are to do this, then there has to be a big and radical step change. But then comes the next question. So how exactly is this going to be paid for? It's easy for politicians to start with the spending bit and announce great investment plans. It's a bit tougher for them to say, well, who's actually going to do the spending? Who's going to do the savings to set the money aside for the investment? And who's going to pay the bills, the dividends, the interest and the capital back, as well as the ongoing capital maintenance, which ought to come out of current revenues rather than dumped on future generations? And here, there's almost a complete vacuum. A year or two ago, it was possible to say, well, you know what, borrowing is free. The interest rate is below the inflation rate, and anyway, it's close to zero. So who cares if we borrow lots and lots? In the end, it isn't going to cost as much. And if you set that against wildly optimistic forecasts of how profitable these investments were going to be, it was easy to see that you just have an unlimited blank check for borrowing or blank entry in your online bank account for the government and just pile it up. Well, that's no longer true. Mortgages are costing up to 6% today. The interest rate is heading towards 5 and probably 6 and core inflation is stubbornly high. It's no longer true. You just borrow and forget about it. Now you borrow and it turns out if it's the government, it's going to be one of the largest items of public expenditure just to pay the interest. And if it's the private sector, well, that's just going to have to come from foreigners. And why exactly should foreigners pile all this money into the UK on this fast dash towards net zero for the power sector? What's in it for them? The UK economy isn't performing well. The supply chain isn't here. The current account, the balance payments deficit is historically very, very high. And British consumers would prefer to be bailed out from paying electricity bills rather than committed to paying higher bills with more interest, more dividends and more profits to those foreigners who are using foreign savings because we, the British, are not prepared to forego some of our consumption to set money aside for investment. We don't save so others have to save for us. And it's not hard to see when you set the lack of a coherent approach to the investment side, to finding the money, and the change, the radical change that's taken place in the financial markets, to see that you'd be really pretty mainstream to be sceptical about whether all this lot's going to be delivered. And even in the circumstance in which there was a functioning supply chain, there was a skilled labour force, and we had the production capacity at home to make the stuff to take net zero forward. And when you look at it this way, you have to ask yourself, well, what's going to give? 
because something has to give. These ambitions trotted out endlessly, whether in powering up Britain by Grant Shapps or now by the Labour Party, these ambitions out there have got a really quite soon collision with reality. It's crunch time. Something will give. And what will give? Well, there is a business-as-usual version of what gives, and it is that the consumers can't pay, won't pay, won't save, and are absolutely determined not to vote for anyone who's going to raise taxation to pay via tax rather than as consumers for all this clean energy in the future. Well, that's one possibility. And if that's true, then by a variety of routes, it's going to show up in a retreat from the net zero targets. It might happen as in Germany and in uh, the Netherlands and increasingly in France through right-wing populist parties who put net zero, or rather opposition to net zero, at the top of their election leaderboards. That's perfectly plausible. The alternative is we really do get serious about net zero. We recognise the crunch time and we recognise it's going to cost us. We are going to have to pay more for our energy and we're going to have to pay more taxation in order to fund some of that investment. Higher taxes, higher bills, lower consumption, a more sustainable framework for consumption investment. That's what would happen in a sustainable economy. And that's what has to happen if we're going to do net zero and do net zero to the kinds of timetables that the Labour and Conservative Party wish to commit us to. Will it happen? Well, it's open. It's a game out there for politicians to show leadership and for all those advisors who keep telling us that it's only, it isn't going to cost us very much to tell the truth about what the costs are actually likely to turn out to be, even if projects were delivered efficiently. And the smart meter example tells you that take any cost estimate from the government side for the key components of this net zero transition and at least double them and take any timetable and double that too and you'll have a better estimate of what's actually going to happen out there. So right now, there's a choice. Get serious, go for it, tell the truth, get the public on side to pay and live in a sustainable way and have a sustainable economy or stop kidding ourselves and recognise we ain't going to do it, we're not prepared to do it, and we're not prepared to face up to our responsibilities. It's out there, it's up for grabs, and it'd be great if some responsible politician would spell that out to the general public. Thank you very much. <laughs>